Hello, hello. I am back. What's the science? Oh, so inconsistent with the episodes. I apologize. You know, I'm not going to make excuses. I don't have excuses. It's just, it is what it is. I will do my best to get better. Actually, no, to keep it 100, uh, I'm not really a fan of this format. And I have been searching for a format that works for me. You know, I don't know. I feel like the last couple, actually like a large, I haven't done like a million podcasts, but most of the ones I've done, I feel they're kind of stale. And I don't know. I'm a talker. I like to talk for a long time. I want to uh, elevate to, you know, to the position where I can do, you know, interviews slash conversationals with people, you know, call people up on the phone, have dialogue, you know, sometimes I have my wife on, I got my son on, (laughs) he can't talk, he will one day, but I don't know, sometimes it takes me a, a bit to warm up, so... With this format, when it cuts off in like five minutes, that pause, like, it it throws me off. It always does. Like, I got to be in a special mood to be like, okay, you know, remember what I said last. You know, I like my, you know, talk to be more organic. I don't want to sit and take too many notes. Guess I might have to, you know, make this work. Or I can just pay for a service yeah I want things for free but you know I'm right now I'm laying down colors for my project and I'm still following the the rule of color the background first which is you know this is making me appreciate background more the coloring aspect because then when you have that empty space and, you know, background isn't my strength, I can draw it. I, I just don't enjoy drawing it. But, you know, when you got that empty space, then what color should the empty space be, you know? I'm, right now, I'm trying to, like, learn how to fit the feel of the panel with the page. I know in comic books you need to, you need some empty spaces sometimes because it's like dialogue is gonna go there. You know, when you're drawing and you keep that in mind, you know, the word bubbles. Excuse me. So it's like why put background there when it's gonna get covered up? But at the same time, I don't know, you you gotta find a good middle ground. Some scenes just need the background to as a part of the story. And some scenes, especially when you got action going on, you don't want to put too much. You don't want the panel to be confusing. You don't want a lot going on in that panel, unless you got action going across some distance, or you know, a piece of geography where it's essential to show that background. Really, you want to focus in close on the characters. You know, so it's you. Know, it's easy for the audience to follow. And especially with me now, where my golden rule right now is a simplification. Simplify everything, you know. So I just want to keep it as basic as possible. All the colors 
are basic. You know, the character designs, I want a basic. Now, this is basic. This is a basic book. No, I got some, you know, style and flair in there that gives it an extra kick. I just want to simplify it so it's accessible visually. You know, you look at it and see exactly what it is. You don't have to study too hard to understand what's going on. Hopefully. Just so I want accessible to people who don't read comics. You know, maybe I promote this right on a certain level. You know, maybe somebody that's just a fan of me and my work. Or maybe they, for some reason, you know, they're drawn to it. They can just pick it up and dive in. You, know, you don't have to have prior comic book experience to read this thing. So, you know, that's what it is. I want people to, be able to, you know, pick it up and just dive in whether they are, you know, a traditional comic fan or just a casual fan, you know. Because I've also been thinking about different places to place the book. You know, there's online, but I'm finding that if you don't have a huge following settle, selling, you know, digital copies, it's difficult because no one knows to look for your digital copies. And even if you make them cheap or free, you won't get a lot of numbers. I don't know, it's like in the comic books industry, you have to work backwards. You have to sell your hard copies first. Because that's what, that's what builds your name. But it's not how you, you know, it's, it's how and where, when and why, you know. So it, it makes no sense for me to go into a traditional comic book shop. And maybe I know the owner, maybe I don't, maybe I build a relationship. Maybe I can come in and say, hey, sir, this is my book. He agrees to carry my book. And he, he gets a nice number of books to sell. But what are those books going to do against, you know, top contenders? So, I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe people will see it and pick it up. Maybe it can contain right there on the shelves. But I think it's important for me, for the level that I'm at, to just find alternative, you know, means of distribution on the storefronts. Like, first of all, I want to debut this at conventions, you know, not just one convention, multiple conventions. And, you know, leading up to Comic-Con, actually, San Diego. So the fir first thing I'm gearing for is uh, the Emerald City Con here in Seattle. I'm planning that for 2018. You know, and right now I'm on track. Everything is moving along right on schedule. So I'm confident about making that date. You you know, you really got to tour your book. And I'm, and I'm saying this just for what I know about comic books right now. So it's very important to go out into these type of spaces and meet the core community. And let them meet you, you know. It's not just a naked book in the store against all the big books, you know. It's it's you at a booth 
and you get to meet and greet people. You get to have conversations, make connections. You know, it's not the internet, me sending messages. Maybe you can connect that way. You can. A lot of times that works. But I think a one-on-one connection will be much stronger. And plus, in the convention space, like on the internet, you never know who you're going to get. But in the convention space, you know you have hardcore fans. So for every person you get, you got a person who's going to go. You know, chop this thing up with their friends, with their buddies. That, that's how the community works. I get a new book. I'm going straight to the other people, you know, to my friends, to my comic book nerd friends. Like, hey, I got this new book, you know. So you got, you, you have a opportunity to share your work with the, with the core audience that if they like your work, they're more likely to... Uh, support it strongly and to share your work with others and to shout out your work and also in convention spaces it's the opportunity to meet other creators other producers and uh, establish begin to establish those relationships for future collaborations and you know work opportunities basically and also when you get to bigger conventions there you know, the, the big studios show up. So then there's also the opportunity, you know, for me to solicit myself to the bigger studios. Because you got San Diego Comic Con. It's not just comic book, you know, companies showing up. It's movie companies, animation studios, game companies that are showing up. Everyone's showing up. So it's also the fact of how do I package myself. See, yeah, that's what I mean. Wasn't paying attention to the time, you know, so it cut off on me. I don't know. I feel like with this restriction, this time restriction Anchor has, it seems more formatted for being on the go. And if I have an idea of something, I can share that idea. And that's cool. But, I don't know, I'm personally a fan of the Meaty Podcast, you know, as someone who's a doer, and someone, you know, whose mind is just always active and running. A lot of times I need a distraction, especially when I'm trying to sit down and draw. I need that distraction of noise in the background, you know, I need that distraction of music, of television, and, but right now... My favorite thing to do is listen to a podcast or listen to some type of talk or listen to a lecture. It's, you know, it's not just music in the background. You know, it's not just the sound of a movie I've seen a hundred times. So I don't have to look at the screen because I've seen a hundred times the images playing my head. It's not any of those things. It's like you're actually learning, you know, different perspectives from other people. A lot of people bring great information to the table, historical information, economic information. I listen to a lot of, you know, talks on business and things of that nature. So it's like I'm learning and growing as I'm sitting and drawing, you know. Just listening to a lecture. Just listening to a podcast. Just listening to a talk. It's my, it's number one right now. So, I don't know. I When I think about 
making a podcast. I, you know, I think about making podcasts for people like me, you know. For someone who's sitting there trying to focus. And also who loves to absorb information. So I want to share information. I want that time to uh, you know, collect and express ideas and share those ideas with others. You know, I just don't want to give a quick five-minute snippet. You know, here's a premise. Chew on this. No, I, we need to share a meal. I'm not going to, you know, this isn't to go. You know, this is sit down. Take your time when you eat. Let's talk about your day. That's what this is. That's what I want it to be. You know, so, I'm as I continue to use Anchor... I hope the uh, administrators, I don't know if they listen to every single podcast. I mean, they should. I mean, that's a lot of podcasts. Especially, you know, I don't know how big Anchor is. But you'll need a huge staff of people to sit back and listen to everything. I don't know. Maybe you can make some type of program that listens in and, you know, keys in on certain words or phrases. I don't know. It all seems like a lot of work. But maybe I should just, you know, write the administration. You know, we need more time. I need more time. I know I can't be the only person who feels like this. Or maybe I am. It it would just be an amazing thing. Because for the most part, I like Anchor. You know, I like the whole idea behind it. You know, it's just that small window of podcast space. I would like to... I would like that broad. Even 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know. Give me something. Or just give you know, give people the option, you know. Because sometimes I do just have a little snippet of information to give. Something for five minutes. But there are also times where I just want to let the clock run out, you know. Not run out, but let the clock run, you know. Just let the conversation flow naturally. Let myself, you know, build momentum and speak naturally. I don't really want to force this. I don't want it to feel forced, you know. And sometimes, not just me, but others, you know, you need the space to really, you know, get comfortable. So, I want the space to get comfortable. And if I'm talking to somebody else, I want to give them the space to get comfortable. So I guess it's all about comfort. You know. Making it work. You know, I just want to make it work. And I feel like that affects my consistency because then I'm not so motivated to do, you know, to post. Because, like, man, I got to deal with this. I got to sit, try to draw and post you know, and do a podcast and I got to watch the clock and then I got to keep my thoughts, you know, because even if, even if I did take notes and try to keep my thoughts, it's not the same. That pause, like, just breaks and comes, like, just imagine you're talking to somebody or you're listening to somebody and then something just cuts in the middle of your conversation and just stops you in your tracks. 
It's like, okay, what were we saying? You know, it breaks the flow of speech. It, ble- it breaks the flow of communication. Yeah. And not just Anchor, but any app or program that's coming out in the future or that is out, you know, who's trying to capitalize on this whole podcast thing. You have to take that into account, you know. Because maybe a podcast doesn't have to be two, three hours. It can be as short as 15 minutes. You know, try to make things short for, you know, for the times. Because that's the idea. Like, this is the internet age. And no one sits around to do anything, you know, true but not true. You know, people listen in their cars. People listen while they clean. People listen at work. You know, and that's the beauty of the podcast is I don't, you know, in the video age, like what audio is coming back? Yeah, because I don't have to, I can, you know, take in content and I don't have to stop what I'm doing and watch it. I can just listen, you know, and let my imagination do the rest, let my intellect do the rest and I can still work and do other things. I can multitask as I take on information, you know, it's perfect. But when I'm working, when I'm working on art, when I'm cleaning my house, you know, driving in the car, sometimes, you know, on the bus, on public transportation, I throw in my headphones and I listen to a podcast. You know, that's what it's for. And, you know, when you're doing that, you want something with some extra meat, you know, something that's a little more than 15 minutes. Something that's 30, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, an hour, you know. So, I hope that, you know, as developers continue to develop, you know, podcasts and apps and or programs, that they take into account that, you know, there are the, you know, the fast trackers, the 15 minutes, the 5 minutes, cool. But then also you need space for the meat and the potatoes. <laughs> you know, you need to provide that extra time so when people really, really dive into the heart of something, that they have the space and room to do that. So Anchor Administration, if you're listening, you know, give us an increased time frame to put it down. You know, I want an hour. Give me an hour. I could do so much in an hour. It's ridiculous. Like, I feel like I feel like without a clean hour, you know, people who listen to me on Anchor will never see my full potential. I feel stifled. You know, on here, and so I kind of just been researching other avenues. You know, should I go to uh, SoundCloud? But then I hear, after uh, a certain time frame, they want to charge you. But now that I know, you know what, that's fine, maybe, you know. Or maybe I should, you know, get a recording program and, and just put it on YouTube or something like that. Actually, I want. Hmm. I've been thinking about something else altogether. I'm running out of time. We're gonna pick this up. 
Um, I know there are programs that will record what I'm drawing, drawing on the computer screen. So I've been thinking about doing that, you know, and doing a podcast that way, and posting that on YouTube. And, you know, I do what's the science like that. So that way I can, you know, do tutorials, but I can also just talk about any and every issue on the planet. But that also gives people a window into what I'm working on. You might just see the whole comic being made. And that's also a great way, you know, to promote the book. Somebody sit and listen to me talk and see the book come to life like that. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to be doing that part while I'm doing dialogue. And sometimes I might just, you know, do sketches or commission work while I'm doing that. So I'm going to look into that. But first I got to upgrade because this, oh, the shitty computer I got. Oh, I got an Acer, folks. Yes, I did. For like two, 280 Had to go cheap. Couldn't be without a computer no more trying to save, you know. I was in a position where, man, I'm trying to save for the highest end. I was like, but, you know, life always cut me off. Got about this instead, got about that instead. It was so hard to save, but my other computer crashed. I can't go without a computer. It got me out of the game. Had to get back in the game, so I got me an ace. It works. It does the job. So I really can't complain about it. I know it's a temporary fix, so I'm aware of that, you know. Just can't get too comfortable. And I am establishing comfort, usually with digital art, it seems so clunky to me, but I don't know if I'm just getting over myself or I found a new stride, but whatever's going on is working for me right now. I'm feeling real comfortable. I've still been torn with the idea of like, especially for my projects, you know, I will continue to practice and try to improve as a digital artist, but especially with my projects, my comic books, I've been torn with the idea of like doing, you know, all the pencil work on paper. It's just my skills digitally has not yet Reach the mastery of what I like. I'm a master on paper. On paper, I can draw anything. On paper, I can draw a lifelike portrait. I tend not to. I don't like to. I like to draw fast. I don't want to spend a day or two working on a portrait, you know, adding the layers. Because that's all it's about once you get, you know, a base frame for, you know, the image of a person's face. The effect of realism is just layers upon layers, putting on layers, taking off layers, you know, working the details. But, you know, I prefer cartooning. It's quicker. I can communicate an image quicker. You know, that's just my style, you know. And on a pencil, with a pencil and piece of paper, I can do that. I don't know, but there's a piece missing when it comes to, you know, drawn on the tablet 
And right now, I'm not in the situation where I'm drawing directly on the screen. I have one of these drawing pads, what you want to call them. It's like a giant mouse pad, sort of. And I'm drawing on that. So, I heard once you, you know, get uh, something that lets you draw completely on, directly on the screen, that improves a lot, but not that much. So, I really have to train my hand to, you know, to draw in this format. And I'm working on that. Coloring my book has helped with that tremendously. It's really loosening my hand, you know, when it comes to drawing on the screen. Well, not drawing on the screen, but drawing digitally. You know, I'm not brave enough to do a complete digital painting. Cut off again. <laughs> gotta pay attention, gotta pay attention. I don't know, in some ways, I'm gonna keep trying to do Anchor for now. You know, at least until I can make other things happen. Because even though I find it difficult and it's challenging, I guess being challenged isn't a bad thing, you know. It'll teach me discipline in areas where, you know, I fall short. I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that, you know. Thing is, I don't want it to turn into too much of a chore. Especially when I'm working on projects. You know, the podcast should be something fun that I enjoy. Because I think people listening to me will sense that I'm not having a good time. And they'll be less inclined to listen, you know. I don't want to listen to someone who doesn't enjoy what they're doing. They should be enthusiastic about what they're doing, and it makes me enthusiastic about what they're doing. You know, you feel that energy, and you know that—that's what draws people in. That connection, and I don't want to lose that. I kind of, you know, felt that waning, you know, in a couple of the podcasts that I did. It was like. That connection is not there. I don't feel connected, so I know anyone listening to me won't feel connected. You know, I feel connected right now. This is this is a good mood. I'm in a good mood, and I had to do something because I was actually looking for a podcast to listen to, and I couldn't find anything that caught my interest at the at the moment. So I said, "Fuck it," you know do my own talk about a couple things I got a couple things to say right now you know so let me say them and I don't know just coloring has been very educational for me like as I you know attempt to color this book right now and this is the first time in my life that I felt like coloring the book was possible for me. I've never ever before considered it. You know, I never had the skills. Like, man, I would need years of training to make this work. And I don't have that time. This needs to come out as soon as possible. I gotta outsource. But in outsourcing and working with someone, you know, I was able to study their work, ask them questions about techniques. I really learned a lot. You know, I really had to be a student of the person, you know, that I collab with. 
to you, you know color this thing and it got to the point once I had the tools that you know with a little bit of coaching you know what I can do this and it was better for me to do it because of the vision I had you know and especially working long distance over the internet they say it makes things easier sometimes it makes things harder I feel like if me and my color artists were in the same room it wouldn't be an issue you know they would see what I'm working on and they would understand what I'm talking about what I mean when I need something this way or that way but even via text or being via video you know you don't see a piece of work being made it makes a whole you know world of difference if I can see you actually putting lines down then I can see the direction you're going if I can see you as you're creating the work and developing the work and you, know, you can talk about it more freely we're not, you know, scrambling to find space in each other's schedule to meet, you know, over the internet, to speak over the internet, because we're not actually meeting. But, it, you know, when two people are together in person, the connection they can establish is that much greater. And, you know, the further removed you are, the weaker that connection. Even though I can Skype you and see you, the connection has still been weakened. Because I don't know, I don't wanna talk about, I don't wanna get too spooky with what I'm saying, but there, you know there's not a true sense of mood, you know, or atmosphere. I guess those things matter. When you're collaborating with somebody and trying to make it work. You know, sometimes long distance does work, you know. Sometimes it's just, oh, I need you to do this. They do it, and it works out. You know, because for the most part, it has worked for me. I know it was just uh, with this book, it was so particular. And at first, I didn't know what to do with the color until, you know, I employed someone to color it. And then, you know, watching their work just really solidified the style that I wanted. And then it just came to the point, who better to, you know, initiate that style than me myself. So that's where we're at with the project. And that's what I'm doing. Not to say that I won't outsource work in the future. My hope is to, you know, get a studio up and running. Hopefully, you know, with the Carbonades crew. Shout out the Carbonades crew. I don't know how many members of the crew are all willing to move to the same city. You know, maybe I should bring it up to the crew. We could talk about it. What city would we like to build our studio? Our fearless leader, uh, Winston Williams. Uh, he's in Houston, Houston, Texas. So he said Houston. You know, I'm originally from Chicago. I romanticize, I envision the studio being in Chicago. But I, but I also know that, you know, LA is a huge spot for what we're trying to do. So is New York. 
actually in a place that houses a lot of studios in Canada. Uh, what's the name of that city? Uh, in Montreal. They got some studios up there, game studios, animation studios. It's a it's a it's another city up there in Canada. I should know it. But it'll it'll come to mind later. But I know they got a lot of studios up there. And even my wife she's talking about let's move to Canada. Donald Trump became president. She's like, let's go to Canada. <laughs> we need a dual citizenship just in case he sinks the ship. Yeah, that's a whole nother situation to talk about all together. Oh, Donald Trump. You know, as horrible of a president that he is, you know, he's a, he's a terrible president. But there's an opportunity, you know, in the horrible. Like, I said it before, I said it again, this is the time, especially black people, get on your job. Put down the liquor, put down the weed, stop chasing girls, stop chasing boys, give up on the fashion, give up on the jewelry, come to terms with not even the fact that you ain't never had nothing, come to terms with the fact that the world views you as nothing. That the entire world looks at you and they don't see a human being. That's where that really comes from. We go out of our way to externally prove to other people our work. With our clothes, you know, with jewelry, with cars, with all Throw all that away. Throw everything away, black people. Go down to the bare minimum and rebuild your life. This is the time. Do it in secret. Don't tell nobody. Don't tell your friends, don't tell your family, don't tell your mama, don't tell your sister. Only tell your significant other if you think they really down for the cause. If you think they really down to throw away all they shit and start from square one and rebuild their lives, then tell them, let them do it with you. And if they not, dump them. I really mean it. If you married and you, you know, feel all this stuff. And I'm telling you, start from square one. You're going to do what I tell you. If you're married and you go to your spouse, you're like, yeah, we're going to throw all this unnecessary shit away and we're going to rebuild our lives from square one. And the spouse is like, I don't know about this. I love this jewelry. Get a divorce. It's how serious I think it is. You know, this is the time to come up on the low, on the low, on the low. You know... Start from scratch as a human being. Meditate. Write things down. Figure out what you want from your life. And build it. And as you build it, you know, let's search out other black folks that are building like we're building. And reestablish the black community from there because the black community has been sold out. It's been infiltrated, you know. It's been taken over. We have to reestablish our community. Because it's not really... Basically, it's a collective of individuals out to succeed for themselves. And not to say that you don't got black folks helping other black folks. You do. But in the long run, what organization, what individual is actually like 
their goal honestly, completely, 100%, honestly, their goal is for the progress and betterment of black people in America, the black community. There's aren't any. I don't want it to be fact because what, like I said before, where's the front lines, the hood, the ghetto, that's the front lines of the black struggle. And when you go to these areas, they look the same. Not only that, they seem to be getting worse. So then people preach progress. Yeah, we got this law passed. We protested this school. They changed administration. They changed some type of rule. Yeah, we're doing this. That's progress. We marched. That's progress. Okay, but well then when I go back to the front lines, what has changed? No one, still no one owns anything. Still families are struggling to put food on the table. Still, our young men see gang culture as a rite of passage into manhood and it's like destroying our population. It's... Is one of the you know it's one of the main factors inhibiting the growth of the black population. You know, what are we twelve to fifteen percent of the American population, and we've been here since America, <laughs> you know, close to you know since America was founded, and we built the nation. You know, our ancestors did that. So why hasn't our population grown? You know. You see other peoples of color, other uh, ethnicities, their population grows in America, partly because of immigration. But also, you see there are people, you know, thriving in some sort of sense. You know, we need to thrive. We need to grow. But I don't think it needs to be a public thing. We need to back away from our need, you know, for spectacle. We always want to be seen. We always want to be heard. We need to build power in silence. You know, they can't see it coming. Why reveal your hand? When you're playing spades, when you're playing cards, you know, when you're playing dominoes, when you're playing sports, when you're playing basketball, you don't go across the court to the other bench, to the opposite team, like, hey, here's my playbook. You don't do that. You don't stand up and shout, you know, and shout what plays you're going to do before, you know, the game starts. You don't brag about it. You don't come on. You know, you don't see LeBron on ESPN like, man, wait till this day. Wait till our, you know, playoff game. We're going to run this player. We're going to run this player. They don't do that. It's a secret. You keep it a secret. And then when you yell it out on the court, it's coded. If you do speak it, it should sound like a foreign language. So when someone hears it, they don't recognize, they don't understand what you're doing. We need to we need to bring it back. We need to dial back, dial ourselves back. We need to remove ourselves from this whole hot mess America has going on. We're being sucked into this tribalism, to this separatist, you know, propaganda. We need to dial back and and rebuild from scratch, reassess what's important. Not just to us as individuals, not just to our families, but just to our people, you know, the black community at large. I don't know, this podcast started into something else. I just took a left turn and kept on swinging. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes you got to you know, make those moves.